We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Wednesday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready here with you this morning. Ole Miss and Central Arkansas Saturday night from Bald Hemingway Stadium. Rebels 1-0 after beating Troy. Now with their second of four, uh, what should be tune-up games before Kentucky comes in on October 1st? We'll talk a little bit about that. AP poll comes out. Ole Miss falls a uh, a spot in that. That was not a surprise at all as uh, there was not much movement, so there's nowhere to go either direction if we're just being honest there with uh, with the poll. We also talked to Matt Mott today, Ole Miss soccer coach. The Rebels uh, have their best ranking in program history. They're off to a very hot start after beating Central Florida over the weekend, place Matt used to uh, used to coach at. So we'll talk to him here in a little bit, too, on the podcast. That's brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Remember, lunch specials every day. I actually got the one wrong yesterday. If you went by, I apologized if you thought you were going to get red beans and rice. You get it today, though. Go back by and take care of that. Yesterday was tater tot casserole. Today, red beans and rice. Any size fountain drink, bread, and more there with the Oxford Exxon. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice today. I can already tell. 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within uh, 15 minutes and business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop it around or do what I've done. What I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662 257 1900. Matt Mott. Other guests join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. If you're coming in this weekend for the uh, football contest, stop by uh, Rafters. Grab a burger, a beer, appetizer, whatever the case may be. Make it a part of your weekend. We would appreciate it. Also, don't forget there is Rafters in New Albany as well on the ap thing by the way people mm-hmm. are like what what do voters see so ap voters typically cover a team so they're covering their team mm-hmm. and so a lot of them just looks at look at box scores and then the people that are national people that were watching games they were watching georgia oregon arkansas cincinnati those were the games on in that window those were the games they watched and so when they look at old miss they just go out ah, 28 to 10 
blah, whatever, which is fair. And it's also, if nobody loses and you don't beat somebody really significant, there's right. literally nowhere to go. Right. Like, they're not, nobody's, as you're saying and I'm saying, nobody's analyzing, well, hey, how much better was this win over Troy no. versus this win over Miami of Ohio or anything like and that. And they whatever. fell because Florida moved in. Yeah, that was, not, that was not a, remember, we're not in a vacuum. It was somebody else doing something. It was nothing yeah. that you did. And Florida did it in a against a good team on national television in a big game that people were focused on. Yeah. So... The national people watch the national games and the national windows, as they should, because those are the things they talk about on their mainstream channels. I just saw most people were laughing about it and getting a kick out of it. I had a couple of people that were like, I don't understand how Ole Miss fell. I'm like, well, yeah, you do. If you think about it, you do, because there's just. It wasn't about Ole Miss. It wasn't about Ole Miss. Just you happened to be a, quote, victim, end quote. Mm -hmm. You'll be fine. (laughs) It's not changing any. Any crazy dynamic. You'll be fine or you won't. It won't have anything to do with that game. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. One way or the other, something will happen. But On October the 2nd, Ole Miss is going to move in the polls. Either up or down. Bet on that. They're undefeated when they play Vanderbilt. They'll be really high in the polls. Oh, they'll jump. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But if And if they have lost to Kentucky, they'll probably be unranked when they go to Vanderbilt. I mean, that's the reality of it. Because I just think their schedule shapes up where people aren't going to pay much attention to Ole Miss until October. People are talking about it on the stream. Um, I, I don't know if it's a sign of not getting worked up. I did not really find much in either direction with Brian Kelly's thing yesterday. I mean, I, I side with him more than I do the reporter. Um, but – I, I did not think it was some catastrophic issue on either side. As uh, as I, you know, look as you would see on any social media. I don't want to make it out like the overwhelming majority felt that way, but it seemed to overtake um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of the internet at points. Am yesterday. I missing something here? Did 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 LSU's program just fall apart Sunday night? Did something happen that I d- d- don't understand? It was a little interaction between a reporter and a coach. It was. They apparently interact quite a bit. That's part of Kelly's M.O. with media is he's kind of snarky and takes it back. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a sign of – she's gone on this apology tour, Leah Van, and I don't really think she should. My advice to her would just be, hey, don't worry about it. It's cool. She went up to him. She made sure that he wasn't offended. He apparently was not remotely offended. The man's making $90 million. He can take a – And it was just – he took a little jab at her. She took a little jab back. It was okay. I think she probably in the moment forgot that, hey, all the cameras are on. Yeah, so she was late to the press – for anybody who's been under a rock, she was late to the press conference, LSU having one yesterday. She was actually to... early, and they started early. Oh, really? Okay. And so anybody who's ever done what we do, like yesterday, Ole Miss advised, hey, we're probably going to get rolling about 11.45. We got rolling around 12.30. There's a lot of sitting around and waiting as for reporters. And so getting someplace 20, 30 minutes early can just make the wait longer. And even Kelly's way, what he said indicated, hey, I'm playing around. It wasn't, there's different structures to calling out someone for being late or something in general. Because if you said, hey, where, you know, it's something very direct, but his quote was, We'll open it up to this late-arriving media crowd that must have enjoyed the weekend. That's usually $10 that we put in the kitty. We'll have a big bash at the end of the year at my place. Yeah. It, 
Very lighthearted there. Kangaroo court. Yes. Leah Van, who covers LSU for the Baton Rouge Advocate, comes back and says, uh, quote, maybe if you win, I'll be on time, referring to obviously their loss against Florida State on uh, um, Sunday. Uh, and look, I, and I, I'm, I am one who is hypersensitive about tardiness and arriving on time. So if I don't have much issue here, yeah, I, I, I don't see how this is an issue in any stretch because like Jay Feely good God on Twitter last night going crazy about it's the most unprofessional thing in the history of the world and whatever and now look if you are just straight up intentionally late to something it drives me freaking insane sure and if it had been very pointed then okay but when you actually watch the video you go oh okay they know each other to some level they're whatever well, this she's, is fine she's very accountable she's there every day they interact um Look, would I have advised her to say it? Of course not. Well, no, 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 no. But the people who are making this out to be some sign that the one of the pillars of the program is falling, it just stop. That's just, it's just his personality, and apparently it's her personality, and apparently they go back and forth with this banter frequently. It's fine. Take it from someone who's been on the end of barbs from coaches where it was not um, <clears throat> playful. It was not lighthearted. It was not lighthearted. And I don't want to hear jack about unprofessional after some of the stuff I've seen on college beats. That's that's mild on the unprofessional meter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if you're late to a press conference, frankly, all you're, all you're doing is punishing yourself because you didn't hear something. I yeah. mean, it's not changing his day. Yeah, they started at 11.57, and they normally start at noon. So she was pushing it anyway. I've been there, done that. Yeah. I mean, I've barely arrived on time on a Monday. Well, frankly, here right now with all construction, parking is an issue. I mean, you've got to be fairly early to make sure you can park somewhere here currently yeah. on, 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 on yeah. Mondays. The Manning Center's under yes. renovation, if anybody's unaware. My ear is very aware. Um, Did you hear any better? It's slightly better, but it is still not 100%. Uh, real quick for the people in the stream, we are very much aware of our <laughs> iTunes Apple issue. But if you're listening, you found us somewhere, so we do appreciate yes. that. And, but if you're in the stream and you're watching us and you're going to look for this later. You will, as of now, not find it. We hope that you will find it, because yes. if you don't find it by the end of the day, there's going to be some sanity issues that begin to kick in. So, yeah. Um, LSU in general, Kelly, his accent thing, this little thing yesterday. It's a totally different media market. I've been in it. It's a totally different media. There is no reverence. It's more, the coverage is more carnival meets professionalism. There, okay. Does that make sense? Sure. It's, it's, they treat it like a pro beat. And yet, because it's just a different atmosphere in South Louisiana, it's just got a different feel to it. There's not as much reverence as there is up here. It's not quite as serious as it is up here. And even the ones who are very much LSU fans, it is more program than coach. They're defenders of the program. They will give a lot of Pollyanna positively Kool-Aid to the program, 
but it doesn't necessarily always translate out to the coach. I mean, Matt Moscone and Ed Orgeron had it out for a tenure. Yes. Um, for years. Yeah. So it is different. Um, yeah. I, my point what I was making is they've become interesting, but almost in some sideshow way to me is that program. Yeah, I, I just I just think, and I wrote this in my mailbag, I just think people are being, I'm not saying they're wrong, but we're being really premature with the the verdict on the Brian Kelly era at LSU. Oh, and I'm not even saying that. I just He's just handled it oddly, I think. I think there's, I'm looking at it going, hmm, that's not what I anticipated when he came down here. Yeah. And frankly, the whole accent thing has played a role in that. It has. I he, mean, he's just kind of. He's done himself no favor. He's not being himself, or at least he wasn't. I think he is trying to get there now. Yeah. Apparently yesterday is more what he's like. Sure. He probably would have just been better off letting her get to her seat. Nobody was – the camera was on him. The camera wasn't on her walking in. Sure. Not even late. He had just gotten started. He probably could have just skipped it and been fine. But I don't really have a problem with it. I've I've walked through it. I've been like, okay, what would I have done if you're – If I were in order. her shoes. I probably would have said, hey, sorry, I'm late. Yeah, sure. I would have let it go. I mean, I had my moment when Houston Nutt did that to me, and I wanted to say, so wait a minute. Are you are you claiming a moral victory in year four as an SEC head coach in this program? I mean, is that what we're doing? And that would have blown it up, but how would that have been professional? I don't know. It would have been a fair question, but it would have been me fighting with the Ole Miss football coach. And so someone would have come back and said, you're being emotional. And I wasn't emotional. I didn't care if they won or lost or won by 39 or lost by 39. But it does bring up the question. The coach gets to say whatever the hell he wants, but nobody can say anything back. Like, Yeah, and I don't. And that's that pedestal thing. And so down there, they don't, like to your point, they just don't put the coach on a pedestal. Frankly, I think it's one of the things that bothered Saban when he was down there. Uh-huh. But they don't put the coach on the pedestal. The program, maybe. The university, probably. The coach, nope. They don't. They've been through coaches. Coaches come and go. And there is an expectation. We expect the program to be this, and if you do not do this, it is your fault. There's not the hey, well, you know, I understand there was this. No, no, no. This is the this is this is what this is what the, is supposed to be down here. Period. Bottom line. Moving on. Find the next guy who can do it. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, they've had. Three in a row that won national titles. Odd's that, but true. Um, I don't know. Whatever. It's, it, it, it's fine. Oh, I need to fix the date. Sorry. I mean, I'd we can do it more yesterday over Ta-da. again. No, it's not. Nobody, no. nobody saw it or heard it. <laughs> Actually, people saw it. Nobody heard it. Give it a second chance now. At this point, <laughs> we'll see what happens now. Today's September 7th. My apologies. Messed it up. Were you all impressed with um, Yelich's 499-foot home run that was the longest since 2019? I mean, I know, I know you've got, like, his jersey and things hanging up outside of the camera shot here. So. Yeah, I'm not a Yelich guy, but good for him. He was the one with the home-away splits that everybody thought he was cheating, right? Yeah, probably because he was cheating. Okay. You feel I good mean, about that? Chase. <laughs> That batter's eye is just really conducive for, I mean, for his watch baseball. It is <laughs> I mean stop. <laughs> yes, he was cheating. <laughs> he knew what was coming. 
Yeah, good major league hitters are if they know what's coming as opposed to if they don't. Yeah, look at those splits. That's the difference. They know fastball, they hit fastball. That's how that If works. you tell a major league hitter, here's what's coming, they're going to hit it at a much higher rate than if they don't know what's coming. There's a reason they hit better in three one counts than they do one two counts. It's pretty scientific. If you just get on Twitter, go to Rob Friedman and watch Pitching Ninja. And go, how the hell do they hit that? Well, when they hit it, they, they, they either hit a mistake or they knew what was coming. And some of that is guesswork, and some of that was someone's communicating in your ear. Saw this here, uh, and we'll have it tomorrow night. Obviously, I'm pretty excited about football. Um, Bills Rams on, on on Thursday. Bills opening up as the uh, the betting favorite in the NFL for the season. They are plus six hundred to win the Super Bowl, which is it's not great odds six to one for one team. So that's uh, that shows like, they do have a. Uh, I don't hate those. I don't hate those odds. They are they are the. They are the best team in the NFL. We really think the Bills are the highest power-rated team, but just as importantly as where they play. The philosophy is the AFC West teams will beat each other up, and that will allow the Bills to be in a favorable position to have the AFC Championship game running through Buffalo. The reason they are plus 600. With a rebuilding AFC East, the Bills are almost a certain lock for the playoffs and the clear frontrunner for home field in January, which will make them a tough out for any visiting team. Following the Bills, the AFC West accounts for the next three teams in the conference with the shortest Super Bowl odds. The Chiefs are eleven to one. The Chargers are fourteen to one, and the Broncos are sixteen to one. Um, what are the Chargers? The Chargers are fourteen to one. Mm, I don't mind that. I hate the Broncos at sixteen yeah, to one they, compared to everybody else. That's the hold on a minute. They're the fourth highest rated AFC team. People love Russell Wilson. Good God! But you love him that much in that division. I mean, you could go one and five in the division. That where's Where's Cincinnati? I'm looking. I don't have a list. So I'm saying if they even mentioned it. Cincinnati, by the way, last year was a 125 to 1 and did reach the Super Bowl, by the way. Damn near pulled that off. The longest odds of a Super Bowl champion over the last 22 years are the 01 Patriots at 60 to 1 and the 07 Giants at 30 to 1. Okay. So it's not been anything crazy beyond, uh, beyond that. Uh, the Eagles are now the favorite in the East. That just now happened. Actually, until now, the Cowboys had been the favorite. Yeah, I revised my picks and, and went with the Eagles Did last you? week. Yeah, I just, I just think they're better. Buccaneers seven fifty, um, Rams eleven one, Packers twelve to one to lead the NFC. Yeah, I don't mind the Packers odds there. Yeah, that's all I've got. I don't have a full list, but there's a there's that. So yeah, Bills heavy favorite. They're at plus six hundred. <laughs> Kyle Wilson, Wilson, thanks for uh, always uh, the Super Chats. He said, would you rather cover Alabama or Texas A&M during a losing season? Um, I've covered Alabama in something similar to a losing season. It was, it was pretty pretty interesting. Um, oh, I'd probably rather cover A&M in a losing season. The, 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 I'm guessing the different levels of meltdown would be entertaining for me. Because like, there'd be a lot of internal media meltdown. Oh, well, that's true. You know what I mean? And now Alabama's a different animal now than when, frankly, they were just losing a good bit back then, Yeah, off and on. And it's always had its share of homers on the beat, but there also have been some really professional people on that beat. I mean, Tommy D's, the late Cecil Hurt. Sure. I mean, those were pros now. A&M has a chance to be this combustible mess in a media standpoint. 
Yeah, well, because you have major These expectations. Well, and, and you have this. major entities that are involved in their NILs. This is yeah. what I'm what I'm most interested in watching in, in the evolution of, of media covering college teams. It's where when I've talked to media who cover pro teams, they're like, man, I just do. And I'm like, I get it 100%. But these media outlets, there's one on our beat that have formed their own NILs that are essentially pay-for-plays. And you're ingrained with those people. Can you truly cover them? Can you truly cover them? And I, I'm not saying this is not. This is not a hyperbolic question. It's not a what's the word? A rhetorical question. I don't know the answer. Maybe you can. What happens in a season that goes off the rails, and you have your own deals with multiple players as part of, not as part of like what we do with with Davison and with Mason and and with Troy, which is frankly something that I five years ago would never have seen myself doing. But those deals are brokered through businesses. Mm-hmm. There are media outlets. I mean, we're talking about Texags, Gamecock Central, sure, uh, the Ole Miss Spirit, that have basically formed their own collective. Can you truly cover those programs? And don't give me the deal about well, no one asked them to. Let Ole Miss go five and seven, and you all are going to want people asking questions. You are going to want answers to questions. Sure. Hard questions. Can you ask those questions when you're in bed in business with those with the people that you're covering? I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you can separate business from business. But it feels weird. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. When you go into one of these seasons, as a as a reporter, you always know. I mean, look, I've covered teams that underachieved. I've covered teams that overachieved. I I think I know what Ole Miss is going to do. But if you told me that, hey, Ole Miss overachieved by two to three games, am I stunned? No. If you told me they underachieved by two to three games, am I just floored? No. I've been doing this a while. I've seen it. Yeah. I just got done covering the same, the, both of those in the same season. Um, I mean, you literally did. I mean, you literally just covered a baseball season <laughs> where the coach was going to get fired on that Monday. They got yeah. the last spot in the tournament, and they won the national title. Yeah. But you were hours away from covering a coaching firing. Yes. So when people go, well, you, well, there's no way that could happen. I've had people go, well, there's no way Ole Miss loses more than six. Well, sure there is. Of course there is. I can, I can show you a way. I've yeah. done this for a minute. Yeah, I would have been told no way in hell on February the 18th when the baseball season started. I said, hey, on May 1st, they're going to be dead last in the SEC. Tied with Missouri. Yeah. They go, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm that, you, it's like, I mean, I've had people go, well, they'll beat Kentucky and Auburn because those games are at home. Okay, so it means they're going to lose to A and M and LSU for sure because those games are on the road. Because that's exactly the same thing. Well, well, no. I'm like, okay, so but it could go either way. Yeah. Who you don't you don't ever know what that looks like. But my point is 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 like with A and M, so many of their outlets are just all in, even to a business standpoint, which might be the hey they might it might be cutting edge. I'm not sure. I'm not being critical, but I do wonder how does that impact your coverage. If things go off the rails, sure. Like at A and M, say they lost in two weeks to Arkansas, and then the Alabama game was a blowout, and then they drop Mississippi State again, or whatever. Or Ole Miss goes there and beats them. Well, suddenly you're going into you've got questions. Mm-hmm. 
We will uh, talk to Matt Mott in a couple minutes after we pay a few bills. Again, they are uh, 5-0-1 on the season. They allowed one goal on the year as well. That was in that 2-1 win over UCF on Sunday, and they return to action on Thursday night against Western Kentucky in Oxford. They play Southern Miss on a Sunday prior to league play starting up next week. They do that in Lexington, Kentucky. So we'll get to Matt in a second. First, about Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Six different options for you that are just the meals in the bag. They uh, ship them directly to your door. Throw them in your freezer when you're ready to eat. Ten minutes, boiling water, freezer to plate. Ten minutes to get restaurant-quality shrimp ready to go. Again, they have six different options, including their newest flavor, the lemon cracked pepper, the signature, which is my favorite. They've got a couple of complete meals in the bag. You throw over pasta, rice, veggies, whatever you want. That's the French Quarter Alfredo or the garlic herb butter. They've got a spicy option if you prefer that and much more. They also are doing their individually packaged two-pound bags of shrimp, just like the restaurant, or sorry, just like the grocery stores, but a higher quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. So MPW is your code for $20 off your first order. That's primeshrimp.com. Welcome Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day. Taste of Louisiana with that as well. Dig into their mouthwatering cuisine made from scratch. Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Visit them today in Oxford or Ridgeland. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, a lot offered there. Horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons to uh, far more advanced lessons. Also a great venue to host an event. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Brought to you by Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate based out of Jackson. Pinpoint services the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as industrial, retail, office, medical, and land. B.B. Mitchell with Pinpoint provides a plethora of commercial real estate services, but his core focus is sourcing investment properties for his clients. Uh, For all of your commercial real estate needs, give B.B. a call at 601-934-5008. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. They are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. Uh, check them out. They, you can get 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available, and learn more at CorinthDental.com. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're looking for a job, they can help you. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you as well. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. It's always free for the candidate, so you've got nothing to lose. Give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, Service specialistltd.com. I've got a mailbag up today. It's brought to you by Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, specifically Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, residential, and family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. I guess it's brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area in the Upper Med Seat. If your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you, one trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it with G&M. They also can transfer your medications. One call, they take care of the rest. 
So leave the big box pharmacy and take care of things with the community pharmacy that is G&M. So again, 662-236-2222. Now we will go to the Raptors Music and Food Hotline and talk to Ole Miss soccer coach Matt Mind. My friend and neighbor and uh, Ole Miss soccer coach Matt Mott, kind enough to uh, hop on the podcast. Uh, Matt's team's giving up a goal this year. I mean, that's that's kind of <laughs> unforgivable. How do you how do you answer for that? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Neil. Happy to be here. Always a pleasure to come on with you and uh, and chat soccer and life and cooking and anything else we want to talk about for sure. So you guys are off to a superstar. Um, Five zero oh, and one. Uh, you won the other day in Orlando, uh, home games this week against, uh, let's see, I had it up here, got it in front of me, got to get there. Website's actually really good, so it makes it harder to scroll it. Uh, Western Kentucky <laughs> on Thursday at 6 in Oxford, and then uh, yep. Southern Miss on uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. in Oxford. So a couple of home games, opportunities for people to, uh, if you're heading in for football this weekend, opportunities for you to uh, check out the soccer team. Uh, congratulations, by the way, Matt. We'll, at some point, we'll find things to bust you about. But right now, everything's going really well. Number nine in the country, highest ranking in uh, program history. That has to make you feel awfully good. It does, Neil. It's It's been, you know, it's early on, obviously, in the season. But, you know, we're off to as good a start as I could have hoped for, for sure. And, um, you know, our crowds are always – I mean, we're so fortunate. We're fortunate we play in the fall, right? Like you said, everybody wants to be here in the fall and, and certainly during football season. So we – we clearly benefit from that. I get it, you know, and it's fall. People want to be on campus. So we're really lucky to play. And, and we have this great following. We, we really do. People have been so supportive of our, our team and, and, uh, and our players. And, and um, so, and, but we're, the team's playing well, you know, we went, went down to UCF and it was a big game They're, They were uh, ranked as well. And, and um, for us to get out of there with a win and, you know, we played on Thursday, their game got canceled on Thursday. So they were a little fresher. And, you know, then we had an hour and 20 minute, weather delay we sat in a a big football indoor practice facility on the ground and they went in their nice locker room so kind of everything against us and we were able to come away with a, a really good 2-1 win but character of our team is is really starting to show through which is, is certainly nice at this point of the year you put a lot of work in in that heat and then i'm sure at times you're trying to manage you know manage bodies and that kind of thing and then mm-hmm. you get down there and I'm, I'm guessing it was pretty hot and muggy in, in orlando that all that work starts to pay off at that point yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's uh, we are the deepest team I've ever had in my 13 years here. You know, we're playing 17, 18, 19 players, and that's making a huge difference. We're able to, you know, we're, we're deep, Neil, and we're fast. So we're able to put a lot of pressure on teams and, and teams so far haven't been able to really handle it. Um, and we're pretty dangerous up front. So it's been good. But, you know, it, it really, you know, a lot of this has to do with with uh, our goalkeeper, who's just a special, special talent. And, and um, you know, she's two-time SEC, you know, goalkeeper of the year. And, and um, you know, she's on the Herman watch list, which is the Heisman Trophy. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's been fun, fun so far, but we long ways to go for sure. Tell me about her as a, not only as a player, but as a person, I mean, I know you have a, a lot of talented young players that come into your program and I'm sure they look up to her and, and, and that kind of thing. What, how much has she meant to not just this team, but your program? It's unbelievable. And she and, and I got this great story about that. I've told every one of our teams. And when I go and speak to people, I talk about it. So, you know, it's like around here in, in uh, you know, December. So our season ends. This is about two, two, two years ago. Our season ends in November. 
Um, it's December 15th. Everybody's gone. The, the town is empty. Um, and I'm going over to uh, to pick up some dinner at Rice and Spice. It's raining. It's 7 o'clock at night, pitch black. Uh, just a nasty night. I drive by our stadium to pick it up, and the lights are on. And our, our soccer stadium, I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I drive by, and there's Ashley Orcus out there in the freezing cold rain, kicking soccer balls, training on her own. It just kind of gives you the idea. I mean, the campus is shut down. Everybody's gone for Christmas. She's out there. You know, she lives in Birmingham. She's out there um, uh, training. So that's kind of gives you the, the idea who she is and what she's done. I mean, she's just transformed herself into this really big time goalkeeper. And her and, and obviously Rob Thompson, our goalkeeper, is the best in the country. And I'm really fortunate to have him and have had him here for so long. Um, but those two together are just a, a really, a really great group. And, and, and she's been great, but same thing. She works in the club here and, and, you know, kids love her and she's got this great personality. She's going to be, I think a really big time pro and then a success no matter what she does. So I'm looking at your roster. I'm always, you know, where I'm probably going with this. Cause I've always been, I guess, since my son got so into soccer, I've started really keeping up with it more. And then, I look at your roster, and you've got kids from Louisiana. There's a lot of Mississippi kids. You, you mentioned Alabama, Tennessee. I'm curious how much, from your view, soccer um, has, talking about the girls' level, how much has the sport grown at the high school level in this part of the country, and then how much has the quality of play gotten better over the, the, the years you've been, I guess, since you came here from Texas? Yeah. I think if you look at the success of our program, it, it almost correlates completely with the, the high school soccer getting better in the area, the Gulf Coast region, right? The mm-hmm. Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, um, as that has continued to get better in high school and club, our team's gotten better. Auburn's gotten better. LSU's gotten better. You know, Alabama's gotten better. Um so we've been really fortunate, right? And we've done a really good job, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but we've done a good job recruiting in the state and trying to really get the best players out of the state. And you look at our captain right now is, you know, Mo O'Connor from Oxford, right? She's been a fantastic player for us and is really coming into it here in her fourth year. And, you know, we get one more year with her as well, which is great because of the COVID. But, um, you know, she's from she's from Oxford, right? She's the yeah. DJ Metcalf of uh, of soccer, and uh, and and is is that kind of impactful for our team? So, and 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 that's just one. I mean, we have Grace Freeman's here, who who will be really great for us, and a number of Mississippi kids. But we can, we can now start to put some guys in our roster that can be impact players from our state. When I first got here, there was that was almost laughable. There was there wasn't any, and so over the last really you know ten to twelve, thirteen years. It's gotten way, way, way better, Neil. And the coaching's better. The the commitment to it's better. All of that kind of stuff. I asked you about this, I guess, a year ago, but I think it's even more true now. Of course, this isn't an advantage that you share by yourself. There's 13 other programs that that share it as well. But the SEC network, it, everything being national, with everybody cutting the cord, everybody except me. I'm, I'm I've, I think I'm the only person left that has still has a satellite service. Um, <laughs> but everybody's cut the cord. Everybody's watching on their devices. Everybody's streaming. It's uh, it's easy to watch your games, which means that it's easy for parents to watch games. I know you've got girls from different parts of the country, and I realize that Alabama and Auburn and LSU and Arkansas share the same advantage that you do, but. How much has it helped you uh, take a program that wasn't where it was to where I think it is right now, which is a top 16 national program? How much has that helped to be able to recruit nationally and sell that? Yeah, huge. I mean, we have a we have a girl coming from California who is fantastic, and she wanted to get out of California. 
Now, there's a lot of schools, Neil's, Neil, between California and Mississippi, right? A yeah. lot of good soccer schools. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good schools, period. And so, it, and it's a lot of it is, you know, that, that exposure, the network. But I mean, we got guys from Michigan, from New York, from all over, and we sell it hard, like hard, hard, you know, that listen, your parents will be able to watch every single game, whether they're here in person or they're at home. They'll be able to watch you play, and and again, it's the network. And I think uh, we've we've been really fortunate in soccer because, like you said, the the athletes have gotten better, you know, through through our last thirteen years in in and around our state and close to us. And now we have this situation where we can go anywhere, and, and it is you're right, but it's the SEC logo that gets us in a lot of doors. Maybe that are Midwest kids, or you know, we've done really well in St. Louis, um, in those areas. Now, you know, they want to play in the SEC. It's almost like, you know, before it was like a, a Midwest kid was going to the Big Ten, right? Now we're able to get in some of those doors that maybe we didn't before. And a lot of it is the SEC network, you know, and ESPN. What's your recruiting calendar? Is it, are you recruiting off the high school season or is it much more off the elite club season? And then how early are you having to make decisions on offers and takes and that kind of thing? Yeah, it's a good question. So we're we're we have two we have a two week dead period all year round. So right around Christmas we have a a two week dead period. That's it. So we can the other time, but it's it's ninety five percent club. You know the big clubs um, is where we're going to those tournaments and those events. Now you know with us we will you know again we get on a kid we'll go to the practice. You know we'll do all those things, all those little detail things to to get you know, closer to them. Um, but that's where we're the majority of our recruiting is, is certainly um, in the seasons. I mean, again, we're year round. Uh, we will, you know, we'll identify for sort of like right now, we we have a good handle. We're doing a good job. Our 23 classes for motion for, for all intents and purposes is completed. And now we're into the, the 24s and we have the 24s coming on campus. And, but we, you know, we have them identified certainly by the end of, you know, their school year, May, that time, we know who our 24 class is, who we're, who we're targeting, and then we're on them in the summer, watching them in the summer, trying to get them coming out of visits in the fall and, and get them committed. How much has the transfer portal impacted what you do in soccer? We talk a ton about it, obviously, in football and then with yep. basketball and more so now with baseball than ever before, but uh, obviously we don't spend a lot of time talking about the soccer transfer portal, but I'm guessing it's pretty active. Well, our first uh, our first goal the other night against Central Florida was um, the Duke transfer to the Memphis transfer for the for the goal. <laughs> we're starting, I think we're starting six transfers. Wow! Um, it, it, at some point in their career, they've transferred here, right? So they mean maybe not all from last year, but the portal has been huge for us. You know, I, I do think we have a good reputation that we take care of our players and treat them right and and that kind of thing. So we've gotten, you know, Florida State, we've gotten three or four players from there. Um, you know, we've gotten, like you said, this Duke is, is the senior who is uh, Mary Kate McGuire, who's doing a great job for us. Um, but again, you know, Ashley Orcus is a transfer from Tennessee, you know, so I had it four as five years ago. But so it's been huge for us. Um, the portal, I'm a fan of it. You know, last year we we had seven guys go in the portal. Every single one of them found a spot um, and is playing and is happy. Um, and, you know, guys that, you know, we agreed together, us, myself and them, that this was the right move for them. And they found a spot and they're doing great. Um, and we've brought in six um, to our program. So it's it's an important piece. It's the new landscape. And and I'm a fan of it. You know, we, we want to continue to use it because, again, you know, players play. So if they're not playing at their current school. It makes sense to go find somewhere where you want to play. Why are you putting in all the hard work if you're not going to play? And that's both ways. 
you know? Sure. So I'm a fan of it for sure. Yeah, I, I, I am too. I, I was interested to see what would happen with the multi-transfer thing that, mm-hmm. that, that didn't pass, which I didn't right. think it would. I, I still, there's a part of me that wonders in this era of, um, it's kind of pro player, which is a good thing for the, yes. for the most part. Uh, I, I do want to see what happens when the NCAA starts getting a lot of waiver requests for players who have already transferred once and they're asking to transfer yeah. again. I'm, I'm... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm wondering, there's my, I'm, I'm wondering whether the NCAA is going to say, nope, that's the rule. But anyway, we'll cross yeah. that when we get there. Yeah, yeah. You, you talk about the popularity of the sport. Um, at least I talk about it a lot. Uh, I, I don't know. You and I have not talked about this, but you know, Carson's a big Chelsea fan, and we went to uh, we went to Vegas this summer to watch NBA Summer League, and Chelsea was out there playing uh, Copa America, I think, uh, out of mm-hmm. Mexico City, and the place is packed. It's at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play, and it's fifty-seven thousand people on a Saturday night hundred and something degrees outside and the place was a zoo and it's full of all these kids that are um, wearing Chelsea's Chelsea gear. And I'm going to guess most of them are, were not from London. And <laughs> you realize that uh, this is soccer has become um, super mainstream. And with the whole streaming thing and Peacock and all of that stuff, kids now can pick a team and follow a team. And I think that has grown the sport. 
I think it trickles down. You see like the crowds that Nashville gets, that Cincinnati gets, that those places get for uh, Major League Soccer, which I realize is not the same caliber of play yet, but it does seem to be growing. Do you see that trickle down in terms of just general interest into not just your team, but when you go to see when you go to play other teams and other places, do you see just more general soccer interest and education than there has been before? Absolutely. And how, by the way, how fun was that? That was, tells you. Man, it was so cool. I've, I've told yeah. people this. It was an exhibition game. It was super early in the year. You know, they were getting ready. The Chelsea was still two or three weeks away from, um, you know, opening Premier League. So they were, it was like an NFL exhibition where the starters mm-hmm. played 20 minutes and then they got out. And the, the team from Mexico was the same way, but the caliber of play was phenomenal. I yeah. Mean, you could tell these are world-class players and it was a two to one game. It was awesome. I mean, it was, yeah. I, I've, I've been to a lot of cool sporting events and a lot of really good games and it was top 10. It was wow. And that wow. stadium's badass, by the way, but yeah, it was yeah. all of that put together, but man, it was great. Like, I, yeah. I didn't know what I expected, but it was fantastic. And, and the, the Mexican team, they're following this guy that was sitting behind us. Says, yeah, there's like 20,000 people here. They all came over from California to to see this game and they're singing the songs and doing the thing the whole time it yeah was, it was phenomenal i mean yeah I, I would go back in a hurry yeah yeah it's awesome no i i, I it absolutely has you know you look at like you know i've been in this league now i was seven years at auburn and then 13 years here and and the crowds have grown and grown and grown i mean you're not going to an sec game sec soccer game um, anywhere in the league where there's not 1,500, 2,000 people at the minimum, you know, you're going to South Carolina, you're getting five and 6,000, A&M, same thing. Like, our, I mean, we're packing them everywhere we go, no matter who's playing, right? It doesn't matter who's playing the games. And so I think it's all of that. And I think it is. I think it's the access. It's I think it's people now can get behind it. And again, the the EPL is growing and growing and growing and the, the, the fans in our country, you know, you look at those Saturday mornings and they'll have the parties in New York or Boston or wherever of the teams and they're packed. It's just packed. So it's it's awesome. You know, obviously, <clears throat> I've been following it for a long time and I have a Manchester United as my team. Not that I really want to admit that right now. Well, actually, they're doing okay right now. But it beat Arsenal. Um, you know, on, on, yeah, yeah, Arsenal yeah, and Liverpool. That. I can probably end yeah. the season now and be fine. <laughs> but no, it's uh, and it's fun in our office, right? My my assistant BB is a big Arsenal fan. Uh, Rob is a huge, you know, Rob's from England. He's a huge Man City fan. So it's fun in our office too. But no, the the following is great, and you do you see the kids in school wearing the jerseys um all that kind of stuff you see it around town all the time and you know again we've got a good little soccer club here in town a good club over in tupelo and you know obviously memphis has their club so True. it continues to grow and and certainly that makes me happy um because it's it's a it's fun to watch for sure and yeah. the high school quality high school is getting better and better too which is all a benefit of them watching the game right that's the biggest piece for me is they're watching the games they're understanding the game at a higher level yeah, you know, Carson's on one of the club teams you just mentioned, and they're always in their little chat, and they're talking mostly English Premier League. Yeah, like, yeah. You'll see, you'll see La Liga slip into that. And yeah. Serie A, yeah. Serie A, yeah. you say that. Yeah. I just think yeah. that's fascinating because, I mean, you and I are roughly the same age. When we were that age, um, when we were Will's age and Carson's yeah. age, yeah. That, that was not an option for us. No. And no. so, you know, you wonder a generation from now, I think it's going to be far more mainstream. It's it's why I was really I'm always interested in um, the streaming contracts 
um, mm-hmm. that league sign. I think it's like the NFL just launched NFL Plus, which is obviously they're going to pull in a year Sunday ticket and make it this monstrous streaming deal. And MLS did the deal with Apple. And I thought it was really interesting. It wasn't huge. Not everybody talked about it, but I thought this is this is Apple just planting a seed and mm-hmm. and gonna pour a little water on it, gonna play with it a little bit. But this is them thinking twenty years down the road when mm-hmm. our sons are in their thirties and yeah. kids. I mean, I, it's that's to me. I think that's where it's going. It's why yeah, that's smart. Yeah. As a baseball person, I like look at Major League Baseball and think some of the problems they have, and I think you guys probably need to get this under control because mm. you there's a threat. I mean, the NFL's the king, no question about it. It sits up on its own throne. But when you watch the other streaming contracts get done and things like that, it's just, I don't know, I find it kind of interesting. And maybe I'm way off, but I don't think I am. Yeah, that's that's really that's really interesting. And and. You know, it, you, you mentioned it. Like, look at the Portland, Seattle, Nashville, you know, Atlanta. Kansas like, City. Yeah, I mean, they're they're huge crowds, huge yeah. crowds. A, a game in and game out, and it's gonna con- it's gonna continue to grow. Because the, the other thing is the quality of the players are getting better and better. So the quality of the games are getting better, which is what people want to see for sure. So it's fun, and it, I'm glad we got Nashville. It's nice yeah. we have somebody a little bit closer, and, and it's great atmosphere up there. And as the money pours in. They the better players will come play for the better money, and as that happens, the quality of the play gets better, and it just it's a cyclical thing. I don't I, sure. I, think, I don't think it's I don't think the MLS is going to be mainstream in our lifetimes. But if you yeah. told me if you told me in our kids' lifetimes, I I might believe it. But I just, yeah, I thought yeah. The, the streaming contract was a big thing. Um, all right, you guys have uh, a couple of games coming up. Uh, what about what do you know about Western Kentucky and? Um, yeah, they just yeah they just knocked off Kentucky uh, last Thursday night. Uh, so you know it's a good team. We played them last year, beat them up there one zero in a really good game. We we played well on the day, um, but they're a good team. That you know, at Conference USA, he's, coach does a good job. They've got you know they had the Player of the Year who was out last year with injury. She's back, um, so they're dangerous. Uh, we we got to be we got to be sharp. We got to be good, and I, you know we got to do what we do well. So that's really important. And then. Um, Sunday Southern Miss, you know, uh, local team. They're 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 always hungry. Always play us really. Um, and you know, two o'clock on a Sunday is just brutal. We played. Yeah. You know, our one our one blemish on a record is Samford. Samford's a very good team, but we played at two o'clock up there on a Sunday after we played a Thursday. It was awful, Neil. I mean, you've been out there. Yeah. It was all. It was awful. I mean, just. I mean, I was sitting there and I was miserable. So you know, you got to battle that piece of the element, and that's. You know, I've said after this year, we're never doing another two o'clock game in early September, August on a Sunday. It's just ridiculous. It's not fair to the players, quite honestly, or the fans or anybody else. So You know what it is with with club soccer as a parent? It's either the hottest place on earth or the coldest place on earth. There's never never anything in between. Like the high school, the OHS games last year. I mean, you were just frozen like a block. Yes, yes. and, And then you watch this and. Yeah. Tell me about the real quick. I know you got to go in a second. I am no, no guys open league play on uh, Friday, September the 16th in Lexington against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, six days later, you open at home against Florida. I'm just looking at the league schedule at Auburn, ten, uh, Tennessee at home, at Alabama, on and on. I mean, it's such mm-hmm. a quality league. How difficult will the league be to navigate this year? Yeah, you know, what's interesting, Neil, is it is, and I don't want to sound cliche or anything like that, but 
Boy, we are we are all bunched together. You know, you look at our non-conference, everybody's playing really well, winning a lot of games, which is great for us from an RPI standpoint as we start to talk about NCAA tournament, how many teams the league will get in. And, you know, we we work really hard, I think, all of us to do the best non-conference we can to, to set us up because, you know, the, the league is just such a grind. You know, we have Tennessee probably returns the most um, players. You know, we lost a lot from our – you know, we finished third last year. We lost a lot. Arkansas went blessed. They've lost a lot, but they look like they're back – rolling again as well. Auburn's good. I mean, they're you know, Alabama just went out and beat BYU at BYU, who nobody ever wins there. Um, so at altitude. Um, so anyway, the, my point to you is the league is really good. And then not surprising as in every sport, but it's kind of up in the air. I, I wouldn't, if you, you know, if you told me I had to pick somebody right now, it'd be hard to do because I think it's going to be that close and that's going to be that fun. Um, and a lot of it, you know, when the SEC for us is who do you play? Where do you play? You know, we don't play everybody. So who do you have? Who do you miss? Uh, where do you play him Friday, Sunday, home away? Like all that really factors in to the kind of season you have. So we're looking forward to it for sure. And and uh, but it's coming on us quickly. That's for sure. All right, last thing, best thing you put on the smoker last <laughs> two or three months. I know you're busy. You know, you know, I know, uh, I know, I, I have no problem pumping lbs because it is fantastic. Um, but I got a couple Denver Denver cuts the other day. The, yeah. And he had him season. My God, that stuff. The Wagyu, Denver Wagyu. Yeah. So, you know, you get some of those little blocks, like the little, I don't know, it's four, three, four, five ounce blocks. They're unbelievable. So I put that on. Uh, it is so good. I, I actually sent one over to uh, Andrew Martin, one of our, both of our friends, and he's like, God, that melts in your mouth. Yeah, so it it's but like butter. It really is. Love Greg over there and the stuff they do. It just, every time I walk in there, it just get, puts, it puts a smile on my face. <laughs> no, I'm getting something. So, you know, it's underrated too there, by the way, Neil. They're What's hot that? dogs. Oh, their hot dogs? They're really good. Oh, they're excellent. Best hot dogs you can have. Yeah. Without I, question. I'm a big fan of their uh chicken and pork sausages. Mm-hmm. I just about my favorite so about my favorite thing and, and their wings. Um his I, sometimes I don't really like giving away a lot of the secrets because then I go in and they're they're gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm happy for Greg. He's yeah. really good. He's a, yeah. good things for him, but it means I'm having to scramble from the game plan. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, buddy, I appreciate the time. As no always. problem. No problem. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. Thanks so much for having me on. That was Matt Mott, Ole Miss soccer coach again. Home games Thursday and uh, Sunday this week. So if you're coming in a little early, you can check out uh, Ole Miss on Thursday night. And if you're staying a little bit later, check them out on Sunday. They're uh, ranked number nine in the country. Matt is taking a job that I, mean, I don't want to rip on Ole Miss here, but – it was never an elite soccer program. I think he's made them a legitimate top 16 program. Yeah, very, very hard job that he has maximized, that he has found new inroads, found ways to recruit. He's capitalized off, as he said, Mississippi soccer getting better, southeastern soccer getting better in general at the high school level. Soccer's just getting better. Yeah. That's what's um, happening. I mean – well, I guess my point is, you yeah. know, 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. Right. And then where do you go recruit? Right. How do you, when you have no name recognition, how do you go into other places and do those kind of things? Yeah, and it's it's more popular with just mainstream people than it was a long time ago. And it's, I think it's, if you told me that a women's sport becomes more mainstream, I would point right there. Where it equals softball? Potentially. Where in some places it surpasses basketball? Okay, yeah, I'd buy that. 
And that might already be the case at maybe I mean, Florida State, well, North Carolina. At, at a lot of places. Up. I mean, look, we put all the propaganda aside. Are yeah. there more people at the soccer game or more people at the basketball game? Oh, sure. I mean, what's more entertaining? Mm-hmm. What's more – it's just all that. I mean, it's – Frankly, some of soccer's issues, volleyballs too, is, is it's – the time they play in the week yeah. is not conducive at times. It's Friday nights before football games. Right, You've got all tough. the high school stuff going sure. on. You've got Sunday afternoons after the long weekend. Right. How do you, you know, is that, was that how we're spending our hour or two or whatever at that point? So, right. Anyway, appreciate Matt talking to us as always. The podcast brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, johnsonhillcreamery.com. Go to their Instagram page, see plenty of different options they have for you there, including uh, tailgate packages still. Home game this weekend, home game in a couple weeks against Tulsa as well. They can feed 10, 20, or 40, depending on what package you want. Tons of different options, including some of their great dips and things along those lines, as well as their trays, their artisanal, which is their cheese that they make in-house every single day, their grazing, their charcuterie boards. They've got sandwich trays. They've got crudite. They've got their fruit tray with the cheesecake dip, which is a fan favorite, as well as plenty of dessert options for you. So that is Johnson Hill Creamery. Give them a call. Send them an email and tell them what they can do to make your tailgate better. Better 662-419-9201. If you're coming in this weekend, make sure you make OPA a part of your weekend. It's Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Wraps, kebabs, euros, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio, and more. 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse in Oxford. Uh, speaking of traveling, if you're trying to uh, make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories, I highly suggest you get in touch with John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Just give him some parameters and a budget. He is going to give options you're not going to find on your own. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. I'll be taping a Mind on My Money tomorrow with Martin Palomo. It's brought to you by Pinnacle. They have advisors in multiple states. Uh, Clients in more than 20 states, they provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. It's not too early to start some of your holiday shopping. Uh, if you're thinking about jewelry, stop at Lamons Fine Jewelry in Oxford, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. If you're looking for it, they've got it. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Brought to you by ACS, Automation and Control Systems, LLC. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider based in Baldwin, Mississippi. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Said your, uh, your mailbag is up. A lot of stuff there as well. I was kind of scanning through it a, uh, a minute ago. Yeah, I... <laughs> This is back to the not really back to the LSU thing, but just college football in general at the moment in the SEC. After week one, I still have interest in pretty much all the teams that I had interest in before. Um, I guess my point is Florida and LSU both kind of moved up for different reasons for me. Is hey, sure. what can this look like in year one for LSU? And then Florida, hey, are they better than we think? Are they actually dynamic because of Richardson? Is that one game he's going to look like he did well, last year? Well, and they're kind of interrelated a little. Because LSU did that arrogant thing where we're not hiring the coach from Louisiana Lafayette. They did. And there's a 
decent chance that that comes back to bite them. But you did get Brian Kelly. You, H- had you bombed it and still been hard headed? Okay. Yeah, but 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 here's the thing. Okay, what's the knock on Kelly right now? Well, he doesn't fit down here. Sure. Napier was already down there. He was already down there. He fit. Now is he most occasion? No. He's who he is. Yeah, sure. And he's been in the SEC. He's been at Louisiana Lafayette. Turn them, you can say what you want, turn them into an elite group of five programs. Sure, they're very good. And knew how to recruit down there, knows every high school coach. Had a staff full of people who knew every high school coach. That's that's where those two are interrelated. If Billy Napier ends up winning really big at Florida and Brian Kelly can't quite ever get nationally elite at LSU and that is the standard, that's that's where those two get connected. Because I watched it and I saw kind of this still culture discombobulated mess for LSU, and then there's still nothing in it that made you think, oh, Florida State's turning this bitch around. No. No. They, no. they just won a game. LSU muffed two punts, had a field goal blocked, had an extra point blocked, lost their starting defensive lineman to an ACL, had the wide receiver pouting on the sidelines, and still almost won the game. <laughs> Florida State, no, stop. And Norvell acted like he won the Super Bowl. Because he better enjoy well, I, him. I, I get I get it from his day. Say. Yeah. He needed the W, whatever the W looked like. Yes. Get back on the plane and head to Tallahassee yes. and go, ah, okay. But come Let's on. Let's figure it out from here. But, yeah. Uh, bad news for Vanderbilt. Wake Forest quarterback has been cleared to play Saturday. Hartman is uh, apparently back from injury against the Commodores. That drastically uh, hurts Vanderbilt. What did that do to the betting line, do you know? I was going to pull that up. I was just thinking about it as you said it. That had to swing it a little bit, right? I would think so. <laughs> I don't think I can get that at seven anymore. It's one of the problems. I mean, look, we, well, and what we do is for entertainment purposes only, but when we have to put the lines up so early in the week to tape, like we did, I taped Butcher versus Spin yesterday, and so we're using Monday lines. Lines change. And people are like, well, the line's different. I'm like, yeah, but we can't wait till Friday to tape everything. It opened at 6 and went to 13. Oh, shit. I, I still value awake at 13. I think so. They're they're decent. No, they're he's, good. Clawson has done a hell of a job there. Oh, he's one of the most underrated coaches in the game. Boring is all hell, but he puts good football teams yeah. out there. If, if, if he's, It's a scoreboard business. It is. He's not fun. No. But. You also don't have to be fun at Wake. No. Just do your thing Just and don't get in trouble. And coach. And if you win, great. Yeah, and I don't know what he makes, a couple million. I mean he's he's probably got a good gig. Well, he doesn't have a bad gig now. Yeah, that's what it means. Probably happy there and sure. hanging out. Sure. He took Wake to a New Year's bowl. I mean making good money. What's he making? Four? Three six. There you go. Get that done. Shit. Be happy as I. I'd tell my agent when people call, nope, I'm good. Gonna stay right here. He doesn't want a pressure cooker somewhere. We well, got like four media members covering them. Probably knows everybody by the first name. He's all good. Just hanging out. Yeah. I mean, you know, you hang, he's proven he can hang in the ACC. It's a higher level of. It's a higher margin than what Cutcliffe could do at Duke and just hang out and yeah. chill there. Yeah. Probably be pretty happy. I mean, Wake's been to two 
accesses in or at least two major bowl games since 2008. Yeah, no, it's fine. They went to the Orange Bowl the year they beat Ole Miss in 08 mm-hmm. when they made the kick at the end of the game because Kendrick, Kendrick Lewis missed a tackle. It was a decent little uh, environment down there. It was fine. Oh, really? Did you go? Yeah. The quarterback or the kicker was named Sam Swank. I don't remember which one. Now, now you're way out of <laughs> It's like I get mailbag questions like, what did you think about this play? And you're like, man, you watched a lot closer than I did. (laughs) He was a kicker. What I remember about that trip was there was a hurricane out in the Atlantic and there was, we didn't know all week whether the game would get played or not. I don't remember that. I, I do remember that. Raleigh Skinner was the quarterback, right? Sure. Okay. But they had like an injury or the backup was playing or something. Chase, I, it's been 14 years. Yeah, Riley Skinner. There you go. Sam Swank was the kicker. Riley Skinner was the quarterback. Because you made the kick at the last play, right, to win the game? Yeah, well, it was the last play close to it, yeah. If not. Yeah, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, you forget, I watched them the year before when – they beat the hell out of Ole Miss when Ole Miss did the practice inside prior to the game. And oh, that was Wake. Wake. That was Wake. <laughs> and then only had to throw the ball like once in the entire game. That's great. It was great is one way to put it. Um, I remember hearing that story that year and thinking, that's not true. You didn't believe that, did you? Well, I didn't believe it until about the 10th person told me that it was true. <laughs> Kicked the field goal to win at the end. Yeah, I I remember a field goal, but I don't remember anything else about it. That was... I mean, it wasn't Wake. Who was it? That was the week before... Was that Wake game the week before Ole Miss beat Florida? It was, yes. And then they turned around and lost to Vanderbilt? South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. So that year Ole Miss lost to Wake, Vandy, South Carolina, and Alabama? Yes. Those are the ones. Wow. Vanderbilt, Wake, South Carolina, Alabama. Shit, that could have been one a, is not like the other. That there. could have been an eleven and one team. Well, I mean, had they not had tons of scar tissue, it would have. Yeah, it really would have. I mean, they had to figure it out. Yeah. Because look, Alabama, it was right there. Shea Hodge is just going. Oh yeah, he's 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 open. That thing is there. Yeah, Jevin just missed him. Thirty-one thirty. Is that catch. what that score was? No, it was thirty twenty-four. It would have been thirty-one oh, thirty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, just just saying. Uh, sorry, it was 2006, so there was a year in between the Wake Forest and Ole Miss games. It was 2026 in Oxford. Okay. Um, Ole Miss fell to 1-3, losing 27-3 to to Wake Forest uh, because the quarterback, Riley Skinner for Wake Forest, went a whopping 4-5 of five for 43 yards, <laughs> and they won 27-3. That's great. <laughs> Wake ran 53 times for 240 yards. Ole Miss ran for 26 yards on 31 carries against Wake. 26 yards on 31 carries. Well, when, you left, when you left it all inside the IPF. Ben Jarvis had 12 for 54. Uh, Miko McSwain had 15. Bruce Hall had four. Dexter had minus two. Seth Adams had minus six. And Schaefer had minus 25. <laughs> Because in college football, those are rushing stats, not throwing stats like right. in the NFL. They played both quarterbacks. Yeah. 
Brent Schaefer, 13 of 28 for 127. Seth Adams, 8 of 11 for 84. Oh. Uh, yeah. Should have kept throwing. 7.6 per average. Actually ended up with 81 QBR for ESPN. Yeah, it was a it was it was coming a torrential downpour, and that game happened. <laughs> Those are the days. I really hate you missed some of this Ed Orgeron era on just the day to day ridiculousness of what I, was going on. I've heard enough to almost kind of hate that I missed it too. Just stupid. Like I it, mean, it, it couldn't it, for me. It couldn't have been any worse than the first couple of years with Nut, where it was just no, no. It wouldn't get bad in that way. It yeah. was pleasant most of the time. Yeah, he'd change his mind like nine thousand times on what the access and stuff should be, and then he always at the start of the year go, "Hey guys, you know, we're really gonna get a right relationship, gonna be different." And then like four <laughs> days later, it wasn't, and he was mad again. Like every single year, I you know. Because when he first got here, he wanted to do the USC thing. Like, everything was wide open. Come, hang out, let's throw a party or whatever. And then you start losing and getting paranoid, and then you start closing stuff up, and then you, like, halfway open it. And If you're going to do the USC thing, you guys got to do the USC thing. Yeah. Because once you cut back from that, you look paranoid. Well, because here, at least, you have the, hey – we saw the first four periods. We were able to see so-and-so was out there. But we have some context for an after-practice interview. Well, now, you know what's happening now. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. in general. Because now, the first two periods are open, but they're inside. <laughs> Fair. I mean, so we've, we're going to the Saban. Right. Which, and I'm, listen, I'm fine with it. Because I, I'm, I'm going to write. Once the season starts, I'm writing about games. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's. It has shown media has changed because most sane people are going, hey, just big picture in general team. Right. But in 2006, it was still so dependent on this, like, I have to have a practice report and a practice story and what happened from today. Right. Very different 16 years later. Right. But, well, Orgeron had zero things open. So you're seriously going in there blind and going, so how did today go? And, like, was so-and-so out? You know what I mean? Like, what? how are you turning that into anything? Because yeah. he could lie about everything. Well, it's like Kiffin will do the SEC teleconference today at noon. I'll listen. And if he says something noteworthy, I'll write about it. And if he doesn't, I won't. It's no big deal. And I think people are kind of used to that because we've, over the course of years. Yeah, sure. I think we've been ahead of the curve of, of doing different things. Yeah, and it's just kind of different in general. I mean, it just – everything was more serious back then. Well, I've had people ask, are you going to do a practice report? I'm like, no. How can I report on a practice that I don't see? How, how is that possible? Well, yeah, because every practice report became, oh, well, Ed said they were yeah. fantastic today. You know, really, you know, maybe they did some team stuff, worked hard, offense won. Okay, cool, yeah, I mean, sweet. They're going to play Saturday. We'll – have something, a new reference point to go to. Well, and then we went from that to the nut era where, by God, he talks six days a week. And at some point, you couldn't find yeah. anything to ask Houston Nutt at that point. Well, by Thursdays. Because they even had the Sunday teleconference there for a little while. So a, you would do a Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday with Nutt. That's what we didn't do Tuesday with him. Well, we, no, we had players on Tuesday, but you got him Sunday, right. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. <sighs> To where Thursdays, most of the time, nobody would even show up. It'd be one or two people, and you'd literally just well, go. typically me. Like and Chuck and one of us, and like that was it. And, and sometimes literally the interview would start with, so uh, 
everybody was in on the joke, but nobody stopped the interviews. Right. Like to the to, to everybody's credit, they're going, "Hey, I don't like." Everybody would kind of laugh, and Chuck would go, "Hey, keys for the week," and then he'd say, "Like, oh, well, we got to limit turnovers." You go, "Whoa, limit turnovers," and you go, "Okay." Yeah, right. it just but, was what a waste of time. But that's how it was back then. Yeah, I, mean, I couldn't believe it because I'd been covering Auburn all those years, where they were pretty wide open. Tuberville was pretty wide open, was he? Yeah, I mean, he. I've told this story before. T- Tommy Tuberville came on a Sunday night. It was during camp. And sat down in the media room, media workroom. And it was me and Charles Goldberg back in there. And we're both like on deadline. And he's just wanting to chat. And we're both like, hey, man, we're trying to work here, you know, to the Auburn football coach. And finally, we were like, is there any way you can close some of this up? He said, why are y'all, why are y'all still writing? I'm like, because we had to watch the whole practice. And that's where it's kind of, but now it's, I don't know. There's so many bloggers and stuff now that it's a different world. It's a totally different world. There's a little less like not that the LSU thing was a sign of this because it wasn't, but there's less trust now. They don't know who everybody is. And back then there was more accountability. Like if I if I was at an Auburn practice and I saw something and and reported on something that I saw and I was wrong, well, I was there the next day and someone would come up to me and go, "Hey, you got that wrong." You know what I mean? And now it's You've got all these people that are just kind of in the ether. Yeah. So it's just different. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, NESPRC, the Ignite Package, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESpark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, wireless mesh extender if you need that extra step, and more. So, again, get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662 238 Three one five nine. Game changer patches are the only two patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all natural ingredients will keep you in the game and ready for the next place. Go to gamechangerpatch.com. Promo code RebelGrove twenty at checkout for twenty percent off your purchase. Don't forget the best socks you'll ever put on your feet are dead socksies. Go to deadsoxy.com. Promo code RebelGrove. Get 25% off your entire order. So tailgating weekend coming up, the second of uh, seven. Still plenty of time to uh, lock in a tailgating package for the fall. Go to 7southtailgating.com. Submit your request. Tent locations not limited to certain areas and spots. They'll set up your tailgate anywhere you choose, in the Grove, the Circle, or elsewhere on campus. 7 South team is present throughout the entire game day to assist you if needed. Need extra ice, a few extra chairs, TV needs adjusting, they're a call away. They'll be right there to assist you at 7SouthTailgating.com. We're also brought to you by Holcomb Portable Buildings. 7991 Highway 7 South in Holcomb, Mississippi at Holcomb Portable Buildings. They custom build your building to your specifications, however you want your carport, ATV or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings, Holcomb makes it happen. You pick the color, the style, the windows and the doors, and Holcomb uh, will take care of you. In-house financing is available, free delivery, and set up within 75 miles of Holcomb as well. 662-226-2233 or go to HolcombBuildings.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram at Holcomb Portable Buildings. Brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic, multivitamin, and supplement company. 
Created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside Mississippi. He's got a a product called Prescription Support. What it does is it puts vitamins back into your body that uh, some of the medications typically kind of take out a little bit. It puts those back in, helps you with side effects, keeps you more compliant uh, over the long term, helps you stay healthier. It's available in local independent pharmacies across the continental U.S., including all throughout Mississippi. It's also available at solutionsrx.com, promo code OEP at checkout to get 10% off your first order. We're brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to diversify, if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race, gain control of your income and schedule, Andy Ledecky can help you with that. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, get in touch with him, Andy, at MyPerfectFranchise.net. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock Auctions start at just $1. Every item, $1. A-Stock.bid, download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers at A-Stock.bid. Our friends at Blue Delta are excited to announce they'll be hosting Mustache the Band Friday, October the 14th for the Square Jams After Party. Uh, to book, just DM Blue Delta on their socials or visit BlueDeltaJeans.com slash after party. Uh, some ticket packages uh, include jeans, some don't, but they're on sale now. Again, BlueDeltaJeans.com slash after party to uh, enjoy that. We'll have hand-raised guys. What's today? Th- Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. We'll have hand-raised guys tomorrow night brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. They, uh, they host the uh, Troy Brown Show, which is up. Uh, on our YouTube channel and up on most places where you listen to podcasts except for one. Uh, different name, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. Also brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com and find them on Facebook and Instagram. I had a question in the mailbag. Yeah, I'm assuming Weiss calls the overwhelming majority of the plays. That's my guess. Game. I mean, it's the way it was last year, so yeah. I don't see any reason. He's no, He's been with him at multiple locations. They game plan so much of it out ahead of time. That it's almost it's not formulaic, but it sort of is. I mean, you're almost reading from a script. Yeah. Everything is planned out. Okay. And even when you vary, it still is planned out. Well, you have second varying. down and sec- there, there, there's there's a list of play calls for second and four, second and five, second and eleven, second and one. They know what they're doing. They've got a plan going in. And then Kiffin sees things in real time and makes adjustments. My guess is that Kiffin, this is my guess, probably called fewer than five plays last week. They knew what they were doing. Let's run them. He's probably, the one that I saw him, we're going to do that again. We missed that. Let's do it again. I saw that. But like Saturday, it's scripted. They know, but they're going to just run. Well, they're going to do their plays that they want to run. They're going to get some stuff so that they can evaluate their own film. And then as the season goes along, if that changes a little bit, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's one of the reasons why he likes Weiss so much is Weiss is a quick thinker and smart guy, both cerebral, good on the board. Kind yeah. of can play that angle a little bit where – Probably isn't trying to become a head coach anytime soon, and it's yeah. not a knock on Jeff. 
But Jeff wants to be a head coach, and I think Jeff thinks his time to be a head coach is coming soon, and he needed he needed to put his stamp on it. I get that completely. Weiss, I don't feel like is there at that this point yet. He's more company man right now. Trubisky make you more likely to want to watch the Steelers, see what that looks like? Uh, Sunday against the Bengals, yeah. Okay. Beyond that. Probably not. No. I don't like his chances to survive the season. Um, but I hope he does. Mitch seems like a great guy. I've never seen or heard anything to make me think that he's not a pretty good dude. I have some issues here, and I'm just now seeing this. And we talked about the Soldier Field issue last year, but the Bears are building a dome. That's what they're talking about. Isn't that like the aura of Chicago? Yeah, I'm going to guess this is about getting a Super Bowl. Kind of says that without saying that. In the I mean, Detroit list. built one. Actually, no, they actually use that word. The organization called it one of the largest developments in Illinois state history. They envisioned building a multi-purpose entertainment district anchored by a new best-in-class enclosed stadium, providing Chicago land with a new home worthy of hosting global events such as the Super Bowl, college football playoff, and Final Four. Yeah. And the Bears just play there. And that's bigger than the monsters of the Midway and the you're looking live. It's a different feel, though. Soldier feel. It's a different viewing experience. If you're watching sports these days, there's more and more of that. You no longer have to worry about getting guys that can throw through the wind or anything like that. Mm, it's a different no. deal. Well, like the one in Vegas. I mean, look, I was at that stadium in Vegas. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> I mean, I'd come back for a game. And so you want Chicago to be where, – where are they putting that, does it say? How far out? Uh, let's see. Arlington Park. Well, that's not too terribly far. Yeah. No idea. That's a suburb? Yeah. Soldier Field runs through 2033, but they can end the lease as soon as 2026 for an estimated $84 million. They'll power it with solar, I hope, right? That's what solar and wind, that's what they're saying. Is that what we're doing? I mean, I'm hoping for the mayor's going to be consistent there. Well, she's very frustrated by this. Does not like it at all. She wants them to stay at Soldier Field. She wants it downtown. She's losing some of her tax money. Yes. Bless her heart. They continue to say they are focused solely on this property and this situation. Oh, the bears are out. Yeah. They're done. While under contract, and a lot of that is the mayor. I mean, she's horrible. She's done. She's done damage, and she's ruined things. And that's what happens. While under contract with the seller of Arlington Park, we will not be discussing or exploring any of their alternative stadium sites or opportunities, including the renovation of Soldier Field. Much remains to be decided, but any decision we made in the best interest of the Bears' long-term future, our fans, and the Chicago Land community. Yeah, she did not include that, that. That did not include the mayor's office in that in that statement. So, I mean, the Braves moved out. Appears to have worked. Appears to have been effective. It was very effective. I mean, it seems to be working on and off the field. They built that battery park area around there. It's booming. Mm -hmm. Businesses are moving there, et cetera. I mean, it's a business. Steelers retiring Franco Harris's number 32 to honor him on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. On Christmas Eve against the Raiders. 
I will. Mm-hmm. Well, that's clever. Yeah, sure. Fitting. So, it's fine. Has it been 50 years since that play? Yes. Son of a... I wasn't born. I mean, I don't remember it. I was two. <laughs> but I remember seeing it over and over and over, like in the 70s when the Steelers were on that run. It was kind of that... It was That was the beginning of their run. It was kind of like the... Uh, the fumble, the Brady fumble that, that got reversed. That was the beginning of the Patriots run. We're going to wear a patch on their jersey honoring the 50th anniversary of the game. Obviously, I know it's a huge moment and whatnot, but that is inter- to, to me, not having grew up at all in that era or even having a huge understanding versus just kind of perfunctory stuff. That one game being big enough for a patch is interesting to me. That does that does not compute in my head. Well, they were going to lose to the the Raiders, and the Raiders were the big bad Raiders. And once they won, they ended up winning a Super Bowl, and they right. went went on a. In that era, you were too young to remember it. The Steelers were just so dominant, mm-hmm. like Dallas, but more more particularly, I mean, the Houston Oilers from that era. In any other era, probably have a couple of titles. But they couldn't get past. Couldn't them. get past the Steelers. Actually, yeah. did get past them, but Mike, we needed re- replay, and we didn't have it. <laughs> Mike Renfro's feet were in. <laughs> it's still a moment for you. Oh yeah, I was. <laughs> I was crushed. Uh, so in twenty twenty two, they 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 probably win the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I had an uncle. My uncle George was a huge yeah. Oilers fan, and so I cheered for I cheered for the Oilers, and my uncle Alton lived in Denver, and I cheered for the Broncos. And the two big dominant teams were the Steelers and the Cowboys. And the Broncos lost the Super Bowl on my birthday with me being hung up upstairs wow. in my house with the flu, and it was snowing outside. I couldn't go out and play in the snow. My team lost in the Super Bowl to the damn Cowboys. It was a bad day. And you were sick. And I was sick with the flu. Yeah, it was bad. That's a bad day. It was a bad That's day. It's one of those no good, very bad ones right I there. I needed someone to sing the song, yeah. you know. That's there. But yeah, I remember I remember the Oilers losing the AFC Championship game to the Steelers and it being so super close and that was Bum Phillips that was we're gonna kick down the door. We've yeah, knocked yeah, on the yeah. door, we're gonna kick down the door, and they just couldn't quite kick it down. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow. I hope that we are on uh Apple at that point. We'll give you any updates where we can for that. Pretty sure about the stream because I know that you guys are finding ways to catch this. Some there's some extra movement on Spotify. I do appreciate that as well. So we'll. Uh, What's the other you. the other one that people use? Spotify and. Um, I mean, we're everywhere. We're on Google Music. We're on. I mean, we're actually even on Amazon now. You can do it kind of wherever you need to find it. But Spotify is my recommendation for anyone. Yes. I mean, but you can also use Overcast. I mean, Overcast. That's that, what I was that, looking for. There. People have been talking about Overcast. Okay. Yeah. So it's it, it's there. We'll do the best we can. It's out of our control, but we're uh, we're working on it. So we appreciate you for that. Thanks to Matt Mott for his time. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.